Yo, yo, yo. Welcome to Riffs on Tap, episode number 64. Uh, I am your host, Alejandro, joined as always by... Riley. And Noah. How y'all feeling today, y'all? I feel great. Noah, I can tell, is very energetic, so it's going to be a great episode for him. I'm tired. We're just going to bounce. I'm tired. We'll bounce stuff off you. You come up yeah. with cool questions. We'll talk and do our thing, let you chill, hang out for a bit. Heard that. Um, Riley, how you been? I've been great. Um... There's a lot of I feel a lot of good music on the horizon. I'm very excited for this summer. Ooh, so yes. Um, so I listened to a lot of music uh, this weekend. I feel like um, I had talked about previously being um, not exactly in love with music, try, having a hard time finding something new, yeah. listening to new music. I have broken that, and uh, I'm really happy with all the cool music I listened to this past weekend. Uh, and I really uh. It's a wide variety of stuff, and I'm super excited to talk about it, actually. I can't wait. I know. Um, I do have a few things. Uh, you know, it's officially heat wave season now. <laughs> it's hot. <laughs> it's hot, and you can blast heat waves by glass animals in your car now, because it is the it is mid, mid-June. mid You're right. We're in it the middle is. of June. It's Oh, it is so funny. Guess what came up on uh, my girlfriend's memories uh, just the other day on her Snapchat memories? What would that be? Uh, us at the Glass Animals concert, the picture we took. Oh, yeah. And so uh, I don't know if we ever sent that to you. We need to, or I, I need to frame it up because I love that picture so much. It's such a good picture. It was um, such an interesting concert. Great concert. Yeah. A performances opener uh, was fantastic. Really liked them. Uh, they're a funky, groovy type of feel to them. Uh, Glass Animals killed it. Oh, yeah. um, didn't realize the lead singer born in San Antonio. That yeah. was pretty cool information. Great, yeah. You know, great hometown hero. Uh, but yeah, concert was fantastic, and um, yeah, it was it was me, and my girlfriend, and Riley, and um, the arena was kind of weird. It was yeah, it was at um, the Coliseum, the Coliseum next to yes. uh, the AT and T Center, uh, which is like for some reason at the AT and T Center they have a second building right next door to it. That mm, I guess how would you quantify it size wise? It's um, I don't know. It's probably like a, a thousand seat arena, two thousand seat arena, somewhere around that ballpark. Yeah, with a, a big floor. I know during the rodeo they use it for like pop up markets and whatnot. Okay. See, yeah, when I look at that arena, the way it's like um, kind of set up with the seats around the large open area, I yeah. think of like a circus would do really well there, or yeah. yeah, rodeo would do really well with that type of environment. But it was weird because the majority of the uh, tickets were GA and the GA was just so massive. It just, it felt empty and small. The room felt like it wasn't full, but I, yeah. it, there were a lot of people there and they did sell very well. Well, it's just not a concert venue, really. It's not, it's not bidding for uh, any sort of concert, really. Do you think a venue can take away from a concert experience? I do. Uh, it can take away. And as we learned uh, recently, it can add a lot to an experience. Um, a Billy Strings concert at the Moody Center, uh, yeah, I believe. which we learned very quickly. The Moody Center and the Moody Amphitheater, two completely different places. Yes, uh, easy we, to get those mixed up. Yeah, we went to the Moody Amphitheater. Like, where the fuck is the concert? <laughs> uh, it wasn't there. But it's a great venue. Um, it's sort of an amphitheater kind of thing, outdoors. They have a big cover over the top with soundproofing and whatnot. Um, but videography, sound, everything was on point. It was, it was an amazing experience. Very good concert. I've been really wanting to go there. Um, I have not gotten an opportunity to, so hopefully something will come up soon. 
Um, there was something. There's a free festival, like one day festival, coming up in Austin, being put on by Coca Cola, I believe. Okay. And the headliner is the Chainsmokers. Interesting. Um, and I want to say it's over there by. Uh, it's either at the Moody Amphitheater or the Moody. Um, Probably the Moody Center. Moody Center, yeah. Um, that's when it's coming. I think July twenty second, so Saturday, and uh, it's free. We just go online and get your tickets. Hmm. Um. I, we're kind of tempted to, I need to get them because uh, I'm kind of tempted to go to be like, eh, chain smokers, see what they got going on. Um, the last time I saw them was like 20, it was ACL like 2016, maybe 2015. And they actually put on a fantastic show. Like they were wonderful performers. They played all the hits, um, played songs that, uh, people in the crowd could easily like sing along with and kind of really vibe with and gel with. Um, it was good. They, that's the one thing I will say about them. They're great performers. The music they make, eh, it's not that great. Like their last album uh, was more of like a pop album, like less EDM-y. And um, I don't know. It just wasn't for me. It just wasn't like the direction or the style I would have gone in, gone with or, or gone in. Uh, I think it's an interesting transition to go EDM to pop or more traditional uh, yeah. band. I've never been a big Chainsmokers fan uh I, you know, they kind of changed the game, I guess, in terms of like electro pop. Um, I don't know. I just never could get it. It seems gimmicky, in my opinion. Yeah, I agree with you on that one. Um, but yeah, I, pop pop is, is interesting right now. Uh, I really um, like how it's kind of evolving and changing. Um, but like we were discussing earlier, I've been kind of all over the place genre wise. I normally stick in the EDM realm. But I've kind of really opened my eyes up to some genres that y'all um, favor a little bit more than I do. Uh, one being pop punk. Um, yeah, pop punk. Pop punk's you know it's kind of what I, I grew up on, sort of. Yeah, it, it it's see I grew up a little bit on Lincoln Park. I remember when I first heard Lincoln Park, I was like in the third grade or whatever. So yeah. that would have been like two thousand three. Um, that oh man, they were so fucking good. Um, but I didn't meet a lot of other people who liked it in my school. So like, I never really talked about them or listened to them that much. Um, I mean, we, I feel like, you know, kind of weirdly, you know, we grew up kind of more in the the country side of San Antonio, but I feel like we do have a lot of people that we grew up with that are into that kind of pop punk scene, the, you know, panic and fallout boy and all that, Mm -hmm. all that jazz. Um, but yeah, pop punk has been so wonderful. One of the reasons I, that kind of spurred me into it is there's this YouTube channel I've been watching, like I've been like obsessed with, and and you guys I've, I've probably picked up. I, I go through waves of stuff. Yeah. Like a couple of weeks I'll be like, super obsessed with this thing. A couple of weeks I'll be obsessed. The current one is TPD TV. There are a couple of lads from England. They've been going to festivals for ten plus years, since since they turned eighteen or whatever, because um, they're all like twenty eight, twenty nine, thirty. Um. And they're just wonderful. They just go to different festivals in England and just give you the real deal vlog. They're all over is like an hour long or so, so it's good to put on and kind of like do other stuff in the background. You kind of just listen in, uh, like a podcast type of deal. And they just show you all the sides of the festival, getting traveling to there, you know, queuing up for your camping spot or whatever, setting up camp. You know, how are the showers there? The music. How long was the queue? Could they sneak alcohol in there? Yeah. How much? How expensive were the drinks? Um. You know, things to do. Uh, was the weather bad? Uh, were the people nice? Was the music good? And they literally go head to toe in all the festivals. And I love it. It's great. 
And I've learned about so many different festivals in England that, you know, you know, we, we know about Glastonbury. That, yeah. That's a pretty popular major festival over there. Probably the biggest one, right? Uh, probably the biggest one. Yeah. Uh, from my understanding, for what I, I know. Um, but I've learned about so many other cool festivals that I really want to head over to London, like take a trip just to go to one of these festivals. Yeah. Well, and that, I feel like that's a, a big part of the uh, UK music scene is the festivals. And you have a lot of, a lot of people who get their fame just traveling to festivals and that's really all they'll play yeah they there was one festival they went to it's called slam dunk um it was a pop punk and rock uh, festival and um they saw this one band that they said they were really big fans of and they were really big back in the day back yeah. in like 2013 or so but the band broke up very shortly after kind of getting it big and uh it was a band called kids in glass houses and this is kind of like their first show, like for they're like on their their uh, comeback and everything. And uh, I listened to one of the albums. There's only one album there that's available on on Apple Music, and I listened to it, and uh, it was really really good. Like it was just such a clean sound. Um, it it didn't feel like the sold samey. Like, pop punk can get a little samey sometimes. Yeah. Um, it felt unique and different. Um, and I would definitely recommend uh, checking out Kids in Glass Houses. Kids in Glass Houses. I will check them out. I'll check them out eventually. I don't know when that will be, but I'll check them out. No, we'll probably <laughs> never check them out. No, nah, he'll never. No, he's the out. king of saying I'll check it out, and then he never does. But it's great because it moves the conversation along. He knows. Yeah. Well, if you say, I don't say gonna... I'll check it out. I usually just go, I'll think about it, <laughs> and then I give it my hardest, but I never do. No, he doesn't. <laughs> what if he is giving his hardest? He's that is his hardest. Really <laughs> trying right his now. His hardest is. <laughs> No, I'm not gonna. That's how. That's how long he thinks about. It. I'll think about it. No, it's a very Squidward response. He's just yeah. like a SpongeBob just tries to do anything to just be like, "Hey, Squidward," just like, "Nah, not today, SpongeBob." It's I'm all good. about the mindset of "Don't tell me what to do," and then I just don't do it. <laughs> so he never learns about anything from anyone else. He he's only, a rebel. Yeah. yeah, he's a hipster. No, that's what he is. I try my best. If anyone ever says this this thing is good, he's just like, "No, this isn't. I'm not gonna see it. It's not good." Exactly. Have you seen the new Guardians of the Galaxy? I don't have time for that. It's great. <laughs> I haven't watched any movie. You should watch it. Any of the new Marvel movies. I haven't uh, ever since Doctor Strange. I haven't watched Doctor Strange yet either. I haven't been into movies. That's understandable. I go through waves too where I was not into movies at all. I'm back on it. I, I appreciate a good movie. Um, obviously I, I like to keep it in that two hour range. I don't want to do no fucking three hour movies. Oh yeah. I don't know. It's just like... I think I just can't sit down for that long anymore and just like commit exactly. unless I'm sleeping. Then I'll, I'll lay down for the longest time. He says that, <laughs> but he snaps me every day and he's just in his chair sitting there. You think I'm probably sitting. watching you YouTube. Think <laughs> you think I'm sitting, but I really am not. I am, uh, I'm in my chair, but my chair folds down very <laughs> flat. He's laying down I'm in I'm basically chair. laying down in my you chair. You can do that in a movie theater now. Yeah, but like, I'd rather sit in my chair. I think every movie theater now, which is great, has the reclining seats. Uh, and it's so, uh, you know, as a kid, obviously, that was part of the allure. Just go sit in those, you know, comfy chairs, but you couldn't lay down. If I was a kid in those, I would pass out every movie. So I heard an argument uh, on Twitter why the reclining seats are not a good idea and they are bad for movies. And it was because of that point. If you're not meant to be comfortable, you're meant to be seated with your attention at the screen. You're not meant to be laying back, chilling like you're at your house. If you come to the cinema. But it makes it more cozy. 
You would And plus, like, what if you, you know, pass out during the movie? Oh, fuck it out. I got to go see it again. That's more money for, you know, the That's theater. right. It's smart for the theaters to do the reclining chairs. No, that's smart from a business standpoint. But these people online were arguing that it's like taking away from the art itself. Because you wouldn't go to an opera or a play in reclining chairs either. You could have just stopped it. You wouldn't go to an opera or a play. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Mm. Uh, normally I would say, oh, of course I'm on the same boat. I would never go to an opera or play, but I went to a play a few, a couple years ago and I haven't gotten a chance to go back. Um, most because of COVID it was like, I think I'm in 2019. So it was right before COVID. Um, I really want to go see another play. No, I think the only play I would go see is in my opinion. I don't know. I think there are those that are like kind of boring to watch, but like specific Broadway plays, they're very good. I would love to see Hamilton. Hamilton's like a big bucket list thing, but I wish I could have seen it with the original cast. So, mm-hmm. but it's yeah, impossible now, no point, now. right? Huh? No point if it's not the original cast. You yeah, know? that's true. Imagine going back and watching one of your favorite movies, but they replace all the actors with just like their understudies. Yeah, who the fuck is this? Guy? And I was like, I don't remember fucking Space Jam being with who? Who's that? Who's that again? Playing yeah. the main character? You think in movies? Like they do have understudies, and do you think their understudies are just also a list actors? No, they don't. Um, <laughs> they have stunt doubles, but I don't, an understudy that, yeah. that'd be cool though. <laughs> right? like, damn, Jackie Chan broke his hand. Like, all right, let's, let's get bring, someone else in. Let's get, let's let's get Bobby in. Lee. Yeah, somebody. <laughs> I don't know. Oh man. Um, but yeah, I totally feel you on the movie thing. I agree. Um, it's one. It's a big time commitment, honestly. It's how much you value your time. The reason why I haven't played as many, as many video games as I would like, because um, I'm like, well, I got, I should probably work on other stuff or do this or that. Um, but I've been itching to play some video games. Have you guys played anything recently? No, I have not had time to play anything recently. I've been, I do. I need to get back into it and play some more Valorant. But. I've been trying. Uh, I've been contemplating in my room. Should I get Diablo Four? I probably will because I've played all of them and I love the Diablo series. I ooh, you're a Diablo fan. I love Diablo, dude. Okay, can you please sell me on Di- why I should get Diablo Four? Well, it's I don't dope like, as fuck. I don't like telling what people what to do. But can you tell me what you like about Diablo Four? I just like the whole, the whole like fantasy aspect of it, and also like the whole story. Explain the, the first the, three Diablos. Well, basically, you're trying to fuck up Diablo at the end of the game, and then you're just going through, uh, going through the brothers or sisters of Diablo. So, like normally, the devil has a has a brother. Um, well, they have like Mephisto. Um, why am I blanking on their names? Mufasa, yeah, no, but like <laughs> it's just, um, just the classes and all that. I don't know. It's a game I've played since I was little. So is I've, it like an open world type of game? It is open world. It's open world, a top, almost top down RPG type game. You could play with friends. I think this. I think Diablo Four is more multiplayer, uh, as uh, like, uh, multiplayer forward now. Yeah. So like, you will see random players that are not. Um, like people you just invite to your thing, which is cool. And then is that kind of like how in Dark Souls, how you can run into other players and kill you? Yeah, but that one you have to invade specifically. This one okay. is just like whatever. But there is PvP in the game in a way. Um, it just you. Mm. Is it PvP like in RuneScape where you have to go to a certain area and agree for K- PvP? In kinda, kinda, kinda. It's, is is it there a depends. reason? Because I, I feel like I, I see a big trend in this, and uh, a lot of these open world games uh, having that kind of aspect of there's other players online. 
uh, you know, you have that with it's like a shared world. Yeah. Is is there a, a an reason MMO for that trend? Yeah. An MMO, but even I like mean, Destiny. In a way, Destiny is an MMO. Yeah. It is. It's an MMORPG. Yeah. It's in an a, FPS MMORPG. Exactly. What, what kind of started that trend, and why is it continuing? Because it's just like um, making uh, like people. Uh, so these games are very party oriented in a way. So like they they want you to find people uh, of different uh, like specific classes that they choose form a form a team take on dungeons take on monsters uh, like monsters it's like kind of like you form a team with uh, random people on destiny to do a raid or something like that yeah okay so like in yeah you just want to be able it's for the social aspect because like like let's say uh, MMORPG is a great game you could play by yourself you you don't need friends to play with you Good, because you can make Oh, yeah. uh, what's called? You could join clans, and those clans could become like, oh, you're friends within that game because you're like, oh, you guys are yeah. trying to do this, blah blah blah, or this, blah blah, or something like that. So, I mean, really- I have a, a clan in Call of Duty. Yeah, yeah, but I don't play Call of Duty. That's anymore. just a multiplayer game, not an MMO, not a massive multiplayer online. Yeah, I had- you guys don't have like a shared world. You guys can go hang out and emote on yeah. each other and stuff. Exactly. I had my whole Call of Duty account erased, so I stopped playing it. I, I, boy, I co- boycotted Call of Duty before. It was cool. Yeah. Wait, Doctor wait, just, did this Doctor just happen? Like a month or two ago. Yeah. That's terrible. It, wait, oh, I was, shit. He's I was not like, even listening to you. I was level like three. <laughs> I was level like 350. And I just signed in one day and it was like level one. I was like, you bitch. Uh, yeah. That's called prestiging. It's because yeah, I'm hacking. Yeah. You, pre- you go back to level one. You, you build it back up and then you prestige again. True. Yeah. True. Yeah, I, I just don't think he understands how it works. No, actually. I don't think so either. But I do yeah. miss that style of prestiging in Call of Duty. Oh yeah, the goal oh. of trying to get to like master prestige in like Black Ops Two was the shit back in the day. Like, Dude, I'm on ninth prestige, dog. I only got one more to go. Yeah, like, exactly. Tenth prestige. Although, I mean, back in like I used to never prestige because I was like, I don't want to lose all my shit. But the rewards, it's a, it's a long play. It's yeah, like it's you want really the short term reward. It's not really the rewards. I think it's uh, uh, more like the title and the rights. badge. And yeah, the bragging yeah. rights. Mm-hmm. So there was a while where I didn't prestige either. Then out of nowhere, I'm like, do you know what? Fuck all my diamond guns. I'm prestiging. Yeah. <laughs> then I prestige, uh, got to master prestige eventually. And then, they, do you know what's crazy? In Black Ops 2, they allowed you to completely reset from master prestige all the way back to level uh, level one, no prestige. So you can restart it. Why would you yeah, want to do that? Yeah, that's People called... Do uh, People do it. You're a sick fuck. Um, I'm, I'm just like, yeah. Beating I'm a game second you, Master Prestige. Yeah. Back I'm in the day, one. whenever Call of Duty was more of like the game type of stuff for like multiplayer, they would have this th- uh, this um, thing going called The Race um, every year on Twitch. And what's it called? Um, groups of people would just play 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 call of duty and see who can get to the highest prestige uh the max level prestige um in the game first and then that was like that that was, was, i mean those days were peak gaming i feel oh like. no 100%. yeah you know, like and then you, you had that whole you know war between you know call of duty and battlefield back when battlefield was actually good now apparently battlefield 2046 it's one of the, like, I think it goes with any big title game nowadays. If, like, people are really expecting it to be good, it's not good when it starts. But now, uh, and then eventually it becomes good. I hear Battlefield 2046 is actually a very good game now. 
So. I, I've heard that too, but I feel at the same time they lost a large chunk of the of the players that they would oh, have gotten 100%. had the game actually been ready at launch. No, that's true. Well, it's like any game. Like honestly, like even a few years before with uh, a game called No Man's Sky, ah, that, that, yeah. that game absolute shit show when it first came out for the longest time, maybe the first year and a half, and now it's like at, uh, it's finally revived itself and it's actually positively reviewed all over Steam. I mean, Cyberpunk's uh, kind of the same. Exactly. Yeah, Cyberpunk. That was was probably the most disappointing launch uh, of all time. For console players, yes. Yeah. For PC players, PC players had no problem running the game. Yeah. But yeah, console players really got it really got the short end. The older yeah. gen specifically got really shafted. Yeah, yeah. that's why P- uh, PlayStation offered a refund to everybody and stuff like that, which was a smart idea on their side. Riley, didn't you buy it and refund it? No, I did not. Oh man, I thought I, I, there was someone. I, I wanted to did. buy it. It looked like a fun game, but it was you know, it just wasn't. Made I, for I mean, I always wait a little bit before I buy a new game, anyways. I'm like, let's see if it's actually you know good. But one hundred percent. So based off of what you said earlier, you've basically sold me on Diablo 4. The only thing I can't get behind is the top-down-ish view of it. It's actually not that bad. Like, once you start playing it, it's, like, it's a lot more immersive than you think it is because, like, you're top-down. You're like, oh, I'm not really my character or something like that. But, like, it's pretty sick. But the thing is, I do play the game to the point where, like, I am, like, mid-maxing my character. Like, I am... Oh, what's it called? Uh, farming loot, trying to get the specific role on certain things, type yeah. of stuff. Because there's like there's a lot to it because it is technically in a way an MMORPG of some sort. So there's always grinding, grinding. Yeah, it's key. a grind. It's yeah. just it's like Destiny, anything like that. Like I've always been a big MMO fan, so like it just I never have a problem like actually going for like um, going for it like just going as hard as uh, balls to the wall to, for those type you, of games uh, you trying to to grind some Diablo 4 together yeah we can if you want to you can walk me through the steps I'll be that little new who comes by and like fucking 10 watch levels a, higher than me watch a video on the story of 1 through 3 so you could like have a brush up on the story and have the ending actually be impactful for me exactly but I've seen screenshots and I'm and people they, they give no context it's just a screenshot I'm just like oh it's Diablo 4 but I'm like yeah, I have no conduct for what I'm looking at, but people are impressed with this image or something. Exactly, like it's, uh, it's just like it's such a nostalgic game, and then like that they, uh, it's still so popular enough that they can release more and incre- uh, what's called um, keep the story going in a way, mm-hmm. which is great. And then like so like and then there's more things to it. Like back in Diablo two, I think they brought it back in Diablo three. There was a very specific portal you could take within Diablo two. And it's called the cow level. Oh, I've heard about this. Yeah, and then literally all the mobs in there are literally like these buff ass cows with axes that are some of the hardest, hardest mobs in the game. So and they yeah, beat you fucking. They beat your ass. No, exactly. And then, oh, man. and then also, if you really get into the game, you can always make. If, and you want a challenge, you can always make a hardcore character. So, but that means if you die. No more character. Yeah, you die, yeah, you so, die. Exactly. So it's a it's a fun game. And then I, they kill I enjoy you in it. real life too. Exactly. Dude, they find you. What's that movie where that happens? Where they were that? Or Ready Player One. Oh, there you go. Uh, well, I guess there's multiple shows and movies and stuff that have the oh in the virtual world if you die in the game you die in real life. Yeah, I mean in Ready Player is. One. You don't. It doesn't do that. Your character just gets completely reset if you die in the game. Exactly. Yeah. I think if there's a closer thing to that. 
it not really you I don't think you die in real life I, maybe you do but it's called the, it's an older movie I think it has Gerard Butler in it and it's called yeah, Gamer yeah 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 oh Gamer. really okay yeah, it's That's a very, great movie it's bloody it's yeah. it, like a lot of nudity in it like but yeah. it's like the first the first iteration of immersive uh, immersive uh, uh, VR in a way and oh we, yeah I mean yeah we're moving towards the, that's gonna happen yeah. at some point well, look in at the uh, games like that. And I'm look, very excited. Yeah, I'm like, excited to be I'm like an 80 year old man wearing this suit. <laughs> well, look at Apple. What they uh, they just unveiled the Apple Vision. You guys yeah. Think, you guys see that? Yeah. Oh yeah. That that seems interesting. Um, uh, this movie came out in 2009. Rated R. Okay. Also, starring Gerard Butler. I'll have to take a look at it because I have not heard about this movie. I was I, the the other show I had where. You have the VR headset in the game, die in the game, die in real life. It's Sword Art Online. Oh yeah, that's yeah. yeah. Well, that's a that's like that's like the start of the um, what uh, what do they call it? There's a term for that type of thing, but not really at the same time. It's called isekai. Where, oh, isekai. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Where, but with them, they got trapped within the game, while other things were like um, other people, like in other isekai shows, they die in the real world and then get transported and reborn into a fantasy world or some shit like that. I mean, that. Jumanji. Yeah, Jumanji, that's an isekai if you think about it. <laughs> what the fuck? They get trapped in the game, and if they lose all their lives, they die in real life. Oh, hell yeah, dude. Um, Gamer is on Netflix. Oh, apparently. perfect. There you go. I so had no idea. Maybe I know what I'm doing tonight. Yeah. It's it's not the greatest movie, but for it's some reason, great movie. it left an impact in my brain growing I up. I love that movie. Yeah. I just remember, like, people didn't, like... People like old. Uh, it shows like uh, the people from inside the game and also the people outside the game. And there's like it starts off with like a little intro type thing and shows like people being strippers in there. Then um, they shows one of the strippers is just this old fat guy and this like who can't move from his couch <laughs> or something like that. So yeah. Oh man, yeah, that sounds super. I don't know. I completely missed this movie. It's not a movie I remember from my childhood. I think at a all. lot of people missed the movie. Well, I don't yeah. think you missed much in a way of like cinematic gold. So. But, but like I'm just saying like I it's don't remember seeing trailers bras. or anything. Yeah. I'd never heard about this movie yeah. before. Gamer. Gerard Butler, two thousand nine. Check it out. All Netflix. Right. I'm gonna switch topics a little bit here. Uh Music? the NBA finals is now over. over. Yes, it is. Congratulations, Joker. Yep. He's gonna buy a new horse. Yeah. I, like the rest of the internet, am obsessed with Joker. And all of his post, uh, I just, I just want to go post final celebration. Yeah, <laughs> it has just been an experience for him. This, like, I, I've saw some people online talk about uh, basketball is a job. Yes. It is yeah, his it's, job. It's his nine it to is, five. Yeah, it is his yeah. nine to five. He does not love the game. He's not like Michael Jordan. Like I yeah. eat, sleep, breathe basketball. He's like this is a job. They pay me to be here. <laughs> well, the thing is, I did, like there to be at a level of his caliber. You have to love a uh, love the game of some sort. You just can't. He like, loves the game. It's just you know he'd rather not be doing it. No, hundred percent. He'd rather be just at home chilling with his family and his horses. And his horses. Which yeah. is, you know very respectable. Yeah, I just uh, love he has seeing his the priorities right. The two sides of like what uh, like the two sides of what kind of players there are when you win an NBA championship. It shows Joker like celebrating, of course, but then he does interviews like, "Oh, I'm gonna go back home. I'm gonna fucking Wait. get a horse and show it." And then Wait, you see when's fucking the parade? and then you see Aaron Gordon, and he's uh, literally right after the game. He's already outside of the stadium with fans, just shirtless, just partying with them by yeah, himself. So on that note of partying hard and really fucking celebrating your wins. 
Manchester City won the treble. treble, yeah. Which, uh, if you're not familiar, that is they have won the Premier League title. They have also won the FA Cup, uh, as well as the uh, UEFA Champions League. Wow. Uh, They've competed the uh, European treble. Yeah. Uh, Good for them. Who's the last team to win the treble? Uh, Manchester United. And that was in like 2008 or whatever, 2009. Um, very impressive. Very, very impressive. Erling Holland, absolute fucking legend. Uh, he's only 22 years old, and he has completed soccer. I don't know how he did it. Yeah, so and soon. he still has not hit his prime. So no, I know. <laughs> he. It, no one knows where he's going to go next, and no one knows where Pep Guardiola, the coach, is going to go next. There's are two legends. Wherever they go next, they will bring championships too. Heck yeah. yeah! But when they were partying up after the Champions League final, Jack Grealish, the left winger. Uh, for the team, great player. He's been waiting for this moment forever, um, you know, to to win the Champions League. He was partying so hard. The next day, everyone was in, you know, regular street clothes. He was still in his soccer kit. Hey, good for him. Um, the following day, he uh, a lot of pictures and videos were seen of him, his teammates carrying him out of the hotel. <laughs> uh, glasses, hoodie on, just like gone. Hey. Good for him. He he lived uh, he lived it to the fullest right there. <laughs> People were saying he's going to get so fucking fucked up and be hung over so bad. He's not going to make international duty this week. And he was just like, oh, he's just going to miss it. He's gonna, England, England's going to just have to not have Jack Earless this no, week. Exactly. Um, but yeah, Man City, good for them. Amazing trouble in. Uh, Next season's going to be great. Vegas, the Vegas uh, Knights. Yep. Uh, they won, won the, the Stanley Cup. The Stanley Cup. Ooh, that is yep. so exciting. That, Beat up what, the their Panthers. Second? Their first. Their first? It was their second time getting to the Stanley Cup. Their first time was their first season as a team. Uh, this was their first win. Which I think it's their third or fourth season as a team now. Correct. Oh, man, that is so, so awesome. Yep. Yeah. Very impressive. Yep, a lot of good things looking uh, for Vegas teams. Hopefully, also for the Raiders. And the Raiders uh, also won the Super Bowl. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Did you see? I missed his name. The owner who owns was it the Colorado Avalanche? Stan Kroenke. There you go. He's yeah. uh, four of his teams, uh, almost five. Sorry, Arsenal. Good yeah. try next year. Fuck you, Gooners. Um. Almost all of his teams won a championship. Yeah, uh, in the last year. Yeah. yeah, that is so wild. That is, um, I wonder how much he had a hand in it, in terms of, hey, let's just spend, spend, spend. We're gonna, we're gonna make it happen. I mean, I know for sure on the Rams part a lot, you know, because he opened the checkbook and he was like, we're spending all the money. This is the year we're winning a championship. It is crazy that. So obviously, for soccer. You can spend, we talked about before, you can spend tons of money. You can spend as much money as you want. There are financial fair play rules. Yeah. It has to do with how percentage of your revenue is the amount you can actually use to spend whatever, blah, blah, blah. Um, the salary cap over for football, I think you brought up the stat last week that um, Karen Benzema, uh, one of the best players in the world, going to Saudi Arabia, his annual salary is larger than the salary cap for an NFL football team. Yeah, I think... Uh... I think the NFL salary cap is two hundred and thirteen million somewhere around there, mm-hmm. um, and that's. I mean, there is a hard cap to you can go over the cap, um, but your owner has to pay a, a fee for every certain amount you go over. Um, but yeah, two hundred thirteen million is you know roughly the the salary cap. That is wild. And, and Benzema, I think, is making like two hundred thirty million. A yeah. Year. 
And what's even crazier is Messi's deal was going to be double that. It was going to be for, like four hundred million the first year. Yeah, I think they offered him like one point two billion. Yeah, over the course of like three years or two years or whatever. And it's just fucking insane. And he turned it down smartly because did you see now? That, so last week we kind of touched on all, a lot of this, but now we have more of the details going on. Did you see the massive big brain play Messi made by going to Inter Miami? No, I mean I know all of the uh, you know the deals that he made with like Apple and Adidas. Uh, I don't I don't know the exact numbers though. And MLS merchandise. Yes. Yeah. So he's receiving a portion of the MLS revenue that Apple uh, Apple TV receives for all their subscriptions. He's receiving a portion of that as part of his his earnings. He's also receiving a portion of money from Adidas as well. He's also taking a portion of money from all merchandise that Adidas sells. Um, he is also pulling in money just from the club. And when he retires, he can have 10% stake in any club he chooses. Yeah. Yep. It is insane the amount that they are paying I mean, him. it's they probably brokered a you know, multi-billion dollar deal just to bring him into the MLS. But look at the, the smart big brain play the MLS and Apple are making. They are betting all of it on Messi. He is going to bring the numbers. And we saw, like Noah mentioned last week, just how crazy the tickets shot up. We know the viewership's going to go up. I have a season oh, yeah. pass to MLS because T-Mobile and Apple TV were giving them out for free at the beginning of the season. Oh, I was like, fuck it, I'll pick it up. Uh, yeah, I was on a T-Mobile Tuesdays deal. I had no idea. I think you can actually still get it on T-Mobile Tuesdays. Wow. If you have a free MLS season pass. You can watch literally every MLS game, no matter where you are, no blockouts. Um, and uh, so I'll put on a game Saturday because Saturdays are usually the game for MLS. I'll go ahead and just uh, put on a game in the background and just be like, no, let me see. You know, I, I follow a couple of teams like Austin FC and Atlanta United. But a uh, big brain move by Apple. Huge, huge brain, brain move by, by, I think, everyone involved. I don't think there really is a loser in this situation. No, everyone's going to win here, especially because Inter-Miami is dog shit. So uh, hopefully, uh, at least they're not fans in the stands, even if they don't have any balls in the back of the net. True, true. Well, yeah, true. Yeah, pretty much. See, the only team I've ever watched in the MLS is the Portland Timbers, just because it's the only Portland-affiliated team. And I'm just like, oh, might as well watch these guys. I've I've only watched like one game or two games in my life, but hey. It's something, though. Yeah, it's something. I'm trying my best out here. Not really. This past weekend, I we, we messed up. We we had a couple options for plans Saturday night. Um, we were we thought about going to the San Antonio FC game. Okay, uh, they were having a Pride night. We saw the coolest rainbow jerseys um, for San Antonio FC. And I can't find them online. I think they only sold them there. Hey. And I'm so mad. I'm like, they're so cool looking. You did. You just didn't uh, jump onto the opportunity properly. You just I you saw. You're like, that's really cool. And you know what? I'll get that another time, huh? Who, who well, fool is you here? Okay. What happened was I saw the tweet after the game, which really fucking sucked. Because my girlfriend asked me, I was like, did you want to go to the game? And I said. Eh, if we go to the game, we can't go to the Pride Parade because there was one on the Riverwalk uh, this weekend. And so she was like, oh, yeah, you're right. So let's go to the parade. That's what we decided to go do. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, after the fact, I saw those those kits online. They're rainbow with the zigzag stripes. I was like, damn, those fucking look lit. I'm hoping they do sell them later because we're still in Pride Month. Um, 
But yeah, I, I, I didn't like the rest of their home in a way in third kits. That one, though, banging. Absolutely banging. slapping. Love. To, uh, just to pivot back to broadcasting rights again for a second, uh, some tragic news. Uh, Texas Rangers games will still be fucking broadcasted on Bally Sports. Uh, what? Why? So, you know, big thing happened, I think, April 15th. Uh, the Bally Sports parent company uh, missed its payment to the Rangers, like they do with many other teams, because they are bankrupt. Um, so today was kind of the deadline to either pay up or they don't have the broadcasting rights anymore. Fucking paid up. And now, which I hate. So, you know, I have MLB TV. I'm an Angels fan, so we play the Rangers many times throughout the year. Yeah, yeah, I can never watch those games because you can only watch them in Texas if you have Bally Sports. That is so absolutely fucked. I know my dad used to have issues with that, too, watching the Cowboys. Yeah. And... I fucking hate blackouts. Blackouts are so fucking dumb. It, it makes no sense. I mean, we're in the 21st century. Could MLS fucking season pass, bullshit, whatever. Yeah. No blackouts. Yeah. I can watch the Austin FC games. It doesn't make me go, if oh, I, watch if I pay, TV. If, if I pay for MLB TV, I should not have to miss a game because of a fucking blackout. I should be able to watch any game I want, through it, you know, no matter what the team, where they play. But I can't watch Angels games, because not even the Angels broadcast, because I have to... I have to have Bally Sports. I just think, man, TV distribution rights is wild. Like, it is just, you would think that we've had it streamlined at this point, but it's getting even wilder because we have 10,000 fucking streaming services now. Yep. And, you, like, and they're who, all. Who owns Spider Man? Well, which Spider Man are you looking for? Yep. This one's got this one, and this one's got that one. And every, like, everyone's bidding on the same thing. You know, you have. Oh, well, this Thursday night game is going to be on Amazon, but the next Thursday night game is going to be on NFL Network. But and then the next, the next Thursday night game is going to be on Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> oh, fucking like it it's makes so sense. bullshit. It, you know, I understand, you know, Fox, CBS, ESPN, those are the big dogs. Uh, NBC as well. Those are the big dogs for football, right? And your game is going to be on one of those channels, hopefully. Um, but other than that, like, there's nowhere else to watch. I can't watch the Raiders if they're not playing on a big network. They're not the, you know, Fox Sports game of the week. Never can see the Falcons here. Yeah, Only never. when they play the Cowboys. Yeah. There's just no streamlined way to watch my team specifically. Because even with Sunday Ticket, uh, you can't get a single team package. I can't get a package just to watch Raiders games. I have to get the whole package. But then Man. if they come play the fucking Cowboys, I can't watch the game because I have to have Bally Sports again. That is so fucked. That is yeah. just... So, because now I'm now that you say that about like getting just a singular package just for um, the Raiders, you can subscribe for I know for Tottenham for Spurs TV, and it's only yeah. a couple bucks, and you can watch all the games. So, like that game I went to when I was up there, the um, the friendly, well, it's not aired on TV or anything, but if you have Spurs TV, you can watch the whole game, um, and uh, it's really nice to have a service like that. Like more teams should be like. Subscribe to our TV, our YouTube channel, whatever. We're going to provide you highlights and this and that. Yeah. Full games and this. Oh, that's so smart. Such a good way to do it. It's a great way to make more revenue directly from your fans, too. Yeah, it just, you know, I I hate the way that uh, sports are broadcasted. There needs to be a change. I'm going to make that change. And I'm going to make the change, too. Music, as well. Amen. Thank you for that uh, wonderful segue there, Riley. I got you, man. So... 
I listened to a lot of albums this weekend. Um, let me count them up again because there was quite a few. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, and two DJ mixes. Um, it was a lot of um, of music. Uh, I'm going to run down all the albums. If any of them piques your uh, fancy, we can talk about it. Um, we have King K. Rule, uh, Space Heavy's brand new album. Don't um, know who that is. Uh, I think you would like him. He's a fellow ginger, uh, such okay. as yourself. Um, it's alternative, but sl- very slow and like almost like an R and B feel to it. Um, but it's very like lyrical heavy. I can get behind that. Yeah. I think it's ripe rally. All of his older stuff is very good too. I just haven't brought him up that often. Uh, now Horan, the show, his newest album. You need, was- need to listen through that all the way. Uh, what I have heard from that album is fantastic. Uh, big Nile fan because I'm a huge Louis Capaldi fan and they're They're the greatest bromance probably in the world right now. Um, my girlfriend talks about that all the time. Like she, she had mentioned to me today, she was like, man, Riley would have so gotten tickets to see that Nile Horan, Louis Capaldi show back in 2020. Oh, hundred percent. Yeah. And I was like, oh, all three of us would have a hundred percent gone to that if, if it wasn't fucking canceled, which is bullshit. Um, Oh, that album, the album is really, really good. Heaven, the opening track is very great. Upbeat, Meltdown, I can't get the song out of my head. The show is very good. Uh, you can start a cult, great. And Science is wonderful on that album. It's short, too. It's only started doing minutes. Okay. Um, so it's easy to power through that one. Um, Milky Chance, his new album, Living in a Haze. Milky Chance. I haven't, I've rarely heard that name. I, I, I had heard a new single from them uh, like a couple months ago. Uh, I didn't realize they were releasing an album. I've I been, love Milky Chance, though. I've been looking forward to them very much. Um, I love their opening track, which is probably the single you heard. It's called Living in a Haze, which is also the title title track. It's also the title of the album. Um, it is wonderful. It is the same Milky Chance vocals that you grew to love. Um, and when I first heard it, it was kind of a, a, you know, kind of a backhanded compliment. It sounded like a, more of like a a Eurovision track they would submit for Eurovision. Like it wasn't a real song. Like I was like, Oh, are they taking the piss? Like, are they just fucking not giving a shit anymore? But the more and more I listen to it, the more I'm like, no, this is actually really, really good. This is just a well constructed song. It's well produced. Yeah. Got the milky chance feel and beautiful rasp. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Rasp. Yeah. On first listen, I didn't like it on, but every subsequent listen, I'm like, I keep just loving it more and more. The I kind of love those albums that you hate first. Not hate, but you're like, eh. You're just like, eh, it's not it's for whatever. Me. Yeah. And then you're like, let me give it another chance, I guess. And like, this is a fucking banger. A hundred percent. So there's a, I'm going to take a pause from talking about new music just because this thought came up in my head recently. We haven't gotten a chance to talk about it on the podcast. Do you feel that if you've heard a song before in passing or whatever, like it or not, do you feel that the next time you hear it, your brain has already been pre-wired to pick up on it and like it the second time around? Or if you hate it the first time, you're going to hate it the second time? No, um, I, don't, I don't really think either of those. I think, you know, for me, if I just hear a song in passing, I don't really think much of it. I just think, oh, this is a song, whatever. But I don't, I don't think oh, I, I love or hate this song. Really? Um, yeah, it's just a song. I know there's a, a Sturgill Simpson album. Uh, it's a rock heavy, like a psych rock album, which is very interesting for him. 
Uh, first time I listened, I was like, yeah, it's music. You know, there's a crowd for it somewhere. But it's just, eh, it was whatever to me. And I listened to it again, kind of listened to the lyrics and heard the story behind it. And I was like, okay, this is a very cool album. I can get behind this. Uh, and I grew to love it. I have had, so I love it when that happens, though. I love it when that happens, when you fall in love with something that you weren't exactly 100% on. Yeah. Um, originally. So I've got two things. I'll hear a song in a DJ mix and be like, damn, that song's a slapper. Song comes out, and then I go, oh, wow, this is that song I really like. Never listen to it ever again. Yeah. It's weird. It, my, my brain just goes, you finally have it, that song you've been waiting for for years for sometimes, and you finally have the single or it's on the album you've been waiting for. Like, wow, I can listen to this on repeat finally. Gone. I don't care about it anymore. I think, I think a lot of it is that anticipation that you build up in your own head. Yeah. You're like, this is the best thing ever. I can't wait for it. And then you hear it, and you're like, Exactly. It's a yeah. song, I guess. Um, but I've also had the opposite where like, I've heard a song go, eh, I'm not really feeling it. But I hear it in another spot and I go, oh, yeah, that, that, that song, eh, it's not really for me. Yeah. You hear it a third, a fourth, a fifth time. By the time you hear the fifth time, you're like, dude, this song slapped, man. Have you heard these guys before? And you're just like, did you hate on them last week? And I was like, oh, yeah. dude, everyone's playing their shit, dog. Like, fucking I mean, I used, to, I used to fucking trash on Harry Styles <laughs> just because I didn't like One Direction. So I used to be like, fuck Harry, fuck Niall, you know. And now I'm like, oh, these guys are fucking awesome. Now that they've had their time away from each other to just grow and develop as artists, it's been uh, super, super dope to see how each one of them has kind of put blossomed. their... Blossomed, yeah. yeah. And even when they play One Direction songs, they each have their own little spin on it. Like I heard yeah. Niall's version of Story of Our Life, which is my favorite One Direction song. And it was, he just had his own little spin on it because everyone plays such a key part in that song. Having just one member sing the whole song, they have to improvise and do things just a slightly different way. Story I love of my life. It's a great sing song. It, no. It's a great song. <laughs> um, all right. Back to the albums. Uh, next up, we have Six by Babytron. Never heard. Uh, rapper from Detroit. I've, uh, I've heard you talk about Baby Tron before. Yeah, it was. It's more of the same. It's uh, a lot. A lot of tracks. Very short. Uh, the a hundred bars is hilarious. It's literally a song where he goes one, then he raps a bar, then he goes two. I, okay, raps a bar. that's who that is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I saw a video about that. Okay, yeah, yeah it's fucking funny. Yeah. It's good. The rest of the album, it's more Baby Tron. It's not that great. Um, Peace, uh, album by Kids in Glass Houses, pop punk. It was great. It was wonderful. Um, yeah, good. Go check it out if you like pop punk. Uh, Janelle Monae's album, The Age of Pleasure. That album was a slapper. I've heard a couple songs by her. Uh, I love her her voice. Oh, it's amazing, and her transformation as an artist, going from, um, kind of her. The way she presented herself and her style, her the way she sung, performed, and did her thing early on in her career, midway through, and now where she's at now, there's been such a development of an artist. Um, and it seems like this is the point where she's finally like, I know who I am, I love who I am, and I can't wait to share my art with everyone. Yeah. Um, this album's fantastic. I love it. Floats great. Champagne shit's fantastic. Um, a dry red's great. Um, water slides fantastic. Um, 
please go check out this album. It's hip hoppy, R and B, solely funky. Um, it's very short. It's only thirty two minutes long. Um, it's really really good. I, I would definitely check that out. Um, I, I the uh, I have two more here. I'll save the best for last here. We have Man of Colors, an album by a band called Ice House. They're an 80s Australian new wave band. Mm. I love my new order. They're fantastic. You know, I love um, new wave, first wave, dark wave, synth wave. It's all fantastic 80s music. Um, but never Australian new wave. Um, the album is very, very good. Crazy is great. Electric Blue is great. Nothing too serious. You just get that 80s reverb drums, synth poppy feel. It's great. I love that, you know, the 80s music that you listen to is very different from the 80s music that I, you know, there's some crossover, obviously. Um, But yeah, because I I lean more heavy on the 80s rock aspect and country and whatnot. And then you come in with, you know, the new order shit. Yeah. Like, all right. (laughs) It's, it's. We, we would have been completely different people in the 80s. We would have not been friends would, in high school. No. We would have been like, um, what's a face from 21 Jump Street? We'd be like, no, y'all two were never meant to be friends. Yeah. Why are the fuck are y'all partners? Yeah. Of course, the last album, the one that we will see where it lands on the charts. Uh, it's very excited. An amazing single to come off of it and Drunk Dial. It is Noah Khan. Dial Drunk. Dial drunk. I'm so sorry. I'll dial drunk. I'll die drunk. I'll die alone. Dick season. I'll give we'll you my blood forever. alcohol. Okay. Yeah. Um. Let me just say. Okay. You might say that one single popped off. It did. But let me tell you right now. For I he, think four five days straight, he's maybe been more than dominating that, the track. All his all every one of the uh, six songs, six brand new songs. I'm not going to count um uh, view between uh, villages, but. All six of those were in the top ten for U.S. top uh, U.S. top songs. Yeah, for four or five days straight, I'm like, holy shit, dude! He's got a stranglehold on America. Good I for love him. Uh, he showed off his voice in this one uh, with uh, "Your Needs, My Needs." My favorite song on the on the deluxe edition of this album. Uh, Very good. My favorite is uh, "Become You're Gonna Go Far." It's a good song uh, too. As well as yes, Paul sir. Revere. I yeah. love those two. Paul Revere is so catchy. Yeah, it's so catchy. Honestly. Every song within the these six new songs, they're all catchy in their own rights. But like the ones that really stood out the most to me were, um, of course, the the hit right now, uh, Dal Drunk, uh, Paul Revere. I really like Paul Revere. It's a very good song. Like I, th- oof, let me tell I'm you, excited. dude. Whenever Noah I Khan first heard it, excited. we're gonna did see you, did you Noah Khan at ACL. Yeah. Did, you, did you see how this went? I, I've been tired. I barely talked this whole entire time. We talk about Noah Khan, yeah, fanboy. We've been perked him up. Maybe well, I should have started uh, it off with that. I I, I love uh, so I need the story behind uh, the view between villages oh, extended. Yeah. Uh, the two old old people talking in that. Exactly. I need to know who they are, why he talked to them, and you know their life story now. Um, I don't know. I I love, you know, because you know he made the original Stick Season album kind of for himself. Exactly. He's like this is a song or this is an album, you know, about me and my troubles. Uh, and then he made the extended version for the fans. Um, he said, "You guys deserve more. Uh, I'm gonna give you fucking more." It's oh my gosh. Who like? I thought the Stick Season album was. Honestly, very good, very amazing, amazing album. But him releasing this new one, 
um, this deluxe ver- uh, edition, uh, quote unquote. I believe this is some of these six songs are probably some of his best work that he's uh, he has done. Like I agree, all around. I feel like it's really a new version of him that he's really like trying to put out there. With like like Riley was talking about uh, your needs, my needs. He's never done anything that belty before in his music. I, I feel like he's really trying to show off what he can do. Also, show off what he really wants to say a lot more than his. Older stuff, his older stuff always has a place in my heart. Classic Noah Khan, where Riley showed him to me. Still, he was only like viewing like maybe 20,000 monthly concurrent viewers for his music on Spotify. And then now we're at this point where let me let me get a specific on here. Oh, Noah hundred, Khan. Uh, hundreds of millions. Uh, Noah Khan, monthly listeners it's now. like 50 million. Nine million. Nine million. Okay. Yeah, it's Damn. still, it's 50, still it's very gonna good. It's going to be 50 yeah. by next year. No, This 100%. time next year, he'll have 50 monthly listeners. 50 million But just going listeners. from the 20,000 that Riley and I originally saw to this point, I'm just like, good for him. He's He finally... He deserves up. it. He deserves it in a way of being a person that's been listening for him, uh, listening to him for a long time. You really have that weird like m- mental in your head of gatekeeping in a way because like I've been listening for this long. All these people are fucking just getting into Do it. But he- honestly, people need to listen to this guy. It's like one of those things. Like I'm happy that he's actually able to. People are actually able to listen to him more. Uh, what's it called? Um, like j- they could just be randomly viewing music and then a random. Shuffle comes on. Noah Kong comes up. Oh, holy shit! This is good shit. I I love that he's more out there nowadays, which is great. I appreciate all of your feelings because those are the feelings I love to shoot for when finding these new artists. Oh yeah. This Noah Kong has been someone that's been a part since the start of this podcast. Yes. And we have been able to slowly document his development as an artist. We need to, we need to reach out. Amazing. We need to reach out, man. (laughs) No, a hundred percent. I think, I think we should just mention and be like, Hey, like we will compile some (laughs) clips. We'll go through the episode. We'll compile some clips and be like, Hey man, this is kind of like our thoughts and feelings as your career developed. I will say, I want to hear y'all thoughts. How does it feel that we saw so much development of him as an artist from the original version of the album to the deluxe? Six more tracks added, and there is a clear market development in who he is as an artist. I, I'm curious your thoughts on that and what kind of we can expect from him next. I know um, just from past interviews, this is kind of the, this is his true self, right? This is the music that he's wanted to put out for so long. But after Hurt Somebody took off um, with Julia Michaels. Yes. Uh, he kind of felt that pressure to okay, well now I have now I'm a pop singer. Like it's kind of what I have to put out. Um, and it wasn't until he put out the Cape Elizabeth EP, which is probably my favorite body of work from him. Uh, he it got a huge cult following, and he was like, okay, I can actually do this. Like I can, exactly. I can make this music. And, it built his know, confidence succeed. to actually put out that kind of music, which yeah. was fantastic. So it's it's cool to see that. That aspect, seeing him be kind of more confident in himself as an artist uh, and, you know, just be able to grow. Oh, yeah. Oof. Like, um, what's the song? Uh, you, we were talking about, la- not last podcast, but I think two podcasts before, uh, we, were, uh, we were talking about Godlight. A person wanted uh-huh. him to do that song. Godlight is literally one of his life's, uh, life's work type uh, songs. Like, he's been working, like, 
it might not be like he was working at uh, on it from a young age, but like it's just like a, a, the culmination of everything that he wanted to do put into that song, which he uh, loves so much, even though he can't perform it too, uh, too much because it's very and vocally it, it, straining. You know, again, I guess to assume what Hank sucks, we're probably not going to be able to hear your needs, my needs live ever. Yeah. That's uh, uh, very hard seeing. A hundred percent. Just imagine doing that on tour. Your vocal cords are shot, especially specifically with the type of singer he really is. Yeah, uh, I wouldn't say he's a soft-spoken speaker, but like he does, um, he does tread around the area of like, oh, I'm I I can sing loud, but I'm not gonna strain too much. Like he uses his natural voice. His like his speaking voice is pretty close to his singing voice, but also not really at the same time. It's very. I would say, like, from listening from back then, he was very, uh, the uh, the techniques he had wasn't as good as what it is now, in my opinion. Like, he's able to do many things, his falsettos, a hundred times better from what I r- listened to. He didn't really use it too much back then, either. But, like, uh, everything all around, uh, all around has just been just an evolution of himself, which is great uh, to see. That is fantastic to hear. You guys use such great language to kind of encapsulate this development of him, and I am so excited to see what's next. I I really love words. Yeah, I I really love the the six new tracks. Um, I'm looking forward to see him at ACL. 100%. Um, um, Hopefully we can get pretty close up there. Um, Oh, dude, I'm I'm telling you right now, like, I'm once they... They haven't released the schedule, right? They just released the days people are performing. So... I'm telling you, once they release that schedule, we are going to be there if we have to. I am at least going to be there at least close to an hour early. I'm hoping for a similar thing because they'll be on the same stage as Fe- that Phoenix was on. Yes. You know, we get to hold Noah Khan up. Exactly. Where yeah. I'm going to wear his fucking hat. I'm going to... I. It's going to be a little hot, but I, I, I could wear his hoodie. Yeah. I have his hoodie. <laughs> so idea right here... Would you guys like to maybe talk about a little bit of some festival tips for next week? Go through, talk about, hey, if yeah. it's your first time at ACL, these are some things we Stay recommend. Stay out of my fucking way. <laughs> hey, if keep you see moving. Us, yeah. yeah. Don't Stay walk, out of the way. Don't walk through a crowd and just stand there. Keep moving. No, 100%. Um, would you guys be down to do a little festival tips next week? I would love to do that. I would yeah. love to do that, yes. Dude, all right. Stay I hydrated. 100%. Topo Chico Seltzer. with your beer. Yeah, have a beer in one hand, Topo Chico Seltzer <laughs> in the other. That's just a little That's a little yeah. sneak preview. Of a little, yeah, a little, yeah. little teaser. A little, little teaser. teaser for next week. Quick, quick tibbit. <laughs> <laughs> all right. But, all right, y'all. It's about time for us to wrap up. Do y'all have any final thoughts before we wrap this up here? I love you, Noah Khan. I'm a big uh, fanboy. I got a couple. <laughs> um, one, you know, uh, praying for Louis Capaldi. You know, he had to cancel two months of his tour because yes. of mental health issues. Uh, said he wants to just go back and be uh, Louis Capaldi from Glasgow for a bit. So, you know, hoping for the best for him. Uh, on a brighter side, uh, my man Colby Acuff just put out his uh, second album, uh, Western White Pines. Uh, the title track from that is great. Uh, also, Outlaw Me, fantastic song. He will be making his Opry debut in August, I wow. believe. So congratulations to him. Yeah, congrats. Uh, go check him out. Uh, great artist from Idaho. Okay. Well, uh, one last thing. My music recommendation. I've been listening to the song a lot recently. Uh, Coulter Wall. Listen to the song Kate McCannon. Very, I, I really love that song r- right now. It really, like, 
it's like one of those crescendoing songs that really just starts off real light and then bam, 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 bam. It's a great song. Can you give me the name and artist again on that one? Uh, Coulter Wall, and the song is called Kate McCannon. Kate space McCannon, like a name. Okay. Yeah. Oh, man. Okay. I'll definitely check that one out, which we need to work on updating the playlist. My song I will give y'all is going to be Great Southern Land by Ice House. Oh. That is the, go take a look, take a listen to the original, then go take a listen to the update, the 2023 update with Cassian and Ice House. They came together for not exactly a remix, but more of a, just a reimagining upbeat, just kind of added a little extra flair in there that I really, really appreciate. But Great Southern Land by Ice House. Wonderful, wonderful track. But all right, y'all, that's going to do it for us here at Riffs on Tap. Uh, This has been episode number 64. If you enjoyed what you heard today and would love to listen to more episodes, you can head on over to RiffsOnTap.com. That's once again, RiffsOnTap.com, where you can take a look, where we have links to all of our previous episodes uh, on your various uh, podcast platform. As well as we've got some links on there to, like I mentioned earlier, our playlist. We have a playlist of music, just a collection of songs that we're currently listening to, we're currently vibing to, as well as we do have links for an ACL playlist, a collection, three or four songs, um, different artists. We're looking forward to seeing artists that maybe we have heard of, haven't heard of, really kind of. Uh, get a little taste of everything, getting us ready for ACL. We're getting closer and closer. Now we're just a few months away. Uh, But thank you all very much, uh, and we will see you all next week. Bye-bye.